Take your Bibles tonight and turn with me to the book of Colossians, chapter number 3. Colossians, chapter number 3. Colossians, chapter number 3. And we'll look down verse number 5. So we'll begin reading. We'll read verse 5 through 13. Colossians, chapter number 3. Verse 5 through 13. I'll read verse 5, join me on verse 6, and so on down through verse number 13. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and ye have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. In verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. The time of my message tonight is this. There's a fight going on. There's a fight going on. And boy, I'll tell you what, it's a raging. And it always has been. Always has been the fight we're going to talk about. And uh, you can't ignore it. It's happening. Uh, you can lay down and surrender, or you can fight. And uh, I always, always, I'll believe in this. It's worth fighting for. And uh, I, 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 you know, I just, I, just, I just think there's some things worth fighting over, and uh, I'll do it. There's some things I won't fight over. But I know this, always in our life as a Christian, there's a fight going on. And I'll explain to you here this evening. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the evening that we could be together here for this short time. And I pray you'll speak to us and help us as we leave this place. Understand there is a fight going on. And Lord, I pray we'll have victory in our lives. And so, Father, use us tonight as we bring the message. Help us to listen. Help me as I preach. Holy Spirit, move in amongst us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Probably one of the least understood truths concerning the believer is this, a dual nature of the believer. Every one of us have that dual nature. Uh, and it sounds kind of crazy maybe to us at first, but really that's the truth that we find that there is, when we get saved, I'm talking about believers now. Now, lost people don't have a dual nature. All they have is one old nature. When we got saved, we got a new nature, but we still have the old nature. Uh, it's still there. You say, well, I, I, just, I just think you can get rid of it. You can't. And, uh, but we find in these verses we read here, there's, there's, uh, we find four, uh, in these verses we find uh, four uh, states of man and uh, how man is and has to do, two of these have to do with our relationship and, uh, and maybe it's that lack of relationship we're talking about with God. And, uh, and then there's two that deal with fellowship or a lack of it. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, it's a wonderful thing to know that God wants to fellowship with us. 
and uh, he wants us to talk to him. He wants us to be, uh, in, you know, uh, have him a part of our lives and to guide us and direct us. And, and uh, I, I, I'm so glad that he wants that. But we also know this, too, that before we got saved, uh, our salvation, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Go with me. Keep your place here in Colossians, and we're going to kind of go back and forth a little bit here. But I want you to go back to the book of Ephesians. Just back up a little bit to Ephesians chapter number three, chapter number two. Ephesians chapter number two, and we find out how that we were when we were lost. Now I think we all understand this. None of us were born saved, but we had to get born again. And, uh, and thank the Lord that we can be born again. But we weren't born saved. All of us were lost at one time. Uh, you say, well, I've just always been saved. No, you, know, you weren't always saved. You had to have a time when you were born the second time. We all have our first time of being born. That's what we call our birthdays. We celebrate it. And, uh, but there's also the second birth. But uh, we, we, we know that before we got saved that it tells us about us. Look at chapter 2 Ephesians there in verses 1. And one through three, and you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the, our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And so when I, when I talk about lost people, I, I, I look and I, you hear me oftentimes say, our world is in such a mess. You know, it really not surprises because that's the way it is with lost people. Lost folks, we, when we were lost, we were as lost as those that we know of today that we may look at and say they're disgusting. We were so disgusting in our sins. You say, preacher, I never got into those bad things. Any sin is enough sin to take us to hell. Yeah, how's God look at it? God look and say, well, that's not a bad sin. That's a big sin. You know, uh, uh, Catholics, they have their, their certain types of sins. That's not found in the Bible. All sin, sin. You say, well, you know, I just, I don't tell any black lies. I tell all white lies. They're all black lies. It's sin. And, and, and uh, we, we understand that lost people, that's all they know is that lost life. They don't, they don't know what it is to be born again. They don't knew, know uh, what we're talking about here this evening. And so what happens, they're in this state of darkness and deadness. And, uh, you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a sad thing that we live in a world that is so dark today. But for us as Christians, we have the light. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes uh, my wife wasn't here this week. I didn't, I didn't even just go and turn lights on all the time. I wasn't scared of the dark most of the time. Amen. And uh, I, I, could, I, could, I, I didn't have to turn lights on like I would maybe if my wife was there because she's a big scaredy cat. And, uh, but I, I didn't have to do that. And I, I could have that dark. But I, I'll tell you this. There were some times when I just thought, well, I don't need a light on. I'll just go up those steps. And you know sometimes going up steps in the dark is not a good thing. Especially for old people that have numbness in their feet. And, uh, uh, but uh, the, the thing is that, that what we can do is we can turn the lights on. Thank the Lord for the light. We, and we can see a whole lot better. I know when the ladies, they clean in the church here and, and uh, they come in the auditorium. You know what they do? Nothing. And uh, you know what do they do? Turn the lights on. 
And uh, you say, well, it's daylight out, but the lights help them to see the dirt there so they can see to get it cleaned up. And, uh, and they do a good job at it, and I, I appreciate it. But lost people, they walk in a state of darkness and deadness because the fact is that's where they live. That's where they live. I, I was watching a video the other day of, of Gary, Indiana. I didn't know I ran across it, and I thought it was very interesting. This man went through Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana used to be a really good, I mean, a really uh, booming city. And, uh, and uh, what was it, U.S. Steel, I think, was the, the main employer there. And they had built up, they had beautiful big houses. And this man was driving through the streets of Gary, and it looked like ghost town. Never seen such a mess in all my life. And, and you go down, and there's, there's empty spaces in town where there was, used to be buildings, but they tore them down. And there's, you go away, and there's another building. It's all hollowed out. Nothing's in there. A big house. You could tell it was beautiful in its day. But uh, it, it, it's dead. And I, and I looked, and they, their streetlights don't work. And instead of fixing the streetlights, they put a stop sign on the post and, and uh, trash. It was like, uh, I almost looked sometimes like it was wintertime and the, and the snow, but it was trash everywhere. White papers just blowing around. And I, and I thought, you know, that's, that's a place that just reminds me of that darkness. How wonderful it is to be in the light. How wonderful it is to know the Lord is your Savior. But those that are lost, they can't walk in the spiritual light because they don't know who the light is. They've never trusted Christ. The light's never been turned on. And they remain in darkness. And they remain in darkness because of what they inherited from Adam. I'm glad for Adam and Eve, aren't you? I mean, that's God's creation. But I sure am upset with what they did. Because they went and sinned. And because of that, we know death passed upon all men for that all of sin. But here's something else. Because of Adam and Eve, we inherited their sinful nature. You know, we, we got it from them. It's, it's, it's their fault. They did it. We, we inherited that. And you say, well, then, then we don't need to worry about it. We need to worry about it. We need concern. We just need to know this. We have it. We've got to be careful with it then. You know, uh, uh, matches are not really bad unless you abuse them. Don't use them right. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of things in life that could be very dangerous. And what do we do? When we find out something's dangerous, we're careful about it. And this is what in our Christian life, we've got to be careful because a lot of dangerous things in, our, in the life of, of Christians, too. Why? Because we have the old nature. Nothing good about that. But we do have it. We have to deal with it. Sinners sin because they're sinners. But the saved man, after salvation, we find that we're hid in Christ. Back to Colossians chapter number 3. And if you look at verses 1 through 3, it says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are where? Above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on the things where? Above. Not on the things of this earth. Boy, I'll tell you what, a lot of Christians today get this all mixed up. Our affections are on the things of this earth rather than the things from above. Verse number three, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. And so we're hid with Christ in God. God puts us, when we got saved, we're, we're in Christ. And, and, and uh, that's talking about us as, as saved folks. And we're hid in Christ. Now, now when we, we look down at verse number five here, we find that because of what happened, we've been saved, that we're to do something about this sin. And verse 5 says, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And, and what, what it was saying was that there's some things we as Christians need to watch out for. In other words, we've got to be careful in this Christian life. You say, Preacher, I'm saved. You don't need to worry about me. Sometimes kids are that way. 
You know, young folks do that. Teenagers do that sometimes. So mom and dad, trust me. You know what a wise mom and dad will do? Don't trust them. You know why? As good as these boys are right here, and I God bless them, I'm so proud of them, I'm thankful for them, but I'll tell you what, they have old natures. They do a lot of good things, but they have an old nature. And so we, we can't trust you, but I'm going to tell you something else. I don't trust me either. Now, I don't have anything against you guys. Well, maybe. But I don't have anything against you, but you know what? There's an old nature you have. And, and I, love them. I love them enough to warn them about that and tell them, listen, that's, that's why we have rules at, at school. That's why we have, we have standards in our lives and uh, because we know that there are things out there that will harm them. You know, those sheep out there are not as important as these kids here tonight. And yet the farmer puts a, puts a rule up out there and says, sheep, you stay inside this area here because outside of it's danger. They didn't have a fence. Those sheep would be all out in the street and walking down the highway. If you think, uh, you, think uh, uh, you know, a rabbit getting smashed on the road, could you imagine sheep smashed all over the road? That's what would happen because they're dumb. All we like sheep have gone where? Astray. We've got to be careful. That's why we have some standards in our life. That's why kids have moms and dads to teach them and warn them and always keep an eye out for them. And you say, well, I just trust them. That's the craziest thing in the world because they are born with that Adam, Adam's nature just like you and I have been born with that nature. But thank the Lord when we got saved, we got saved eternally. I'm glad for that, aren't you? He said, verse 6, he said, for which things, I'm in Colossians now, in verse 6, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. He said, you know, you used to live that way. You know, I once was lost, but now I'm found, amen. It was a day when I was lost on my way to hell. I grew up in church, like you guys, grew up in church all the time, and, and I had moms and dads that loved me and taught me the right things, and I thank God for it. But the thing is that the way we were, we were lost. And this is what he's saying there. He said, you walked when you lived in them. But look at verse number eight. But now you're also put off. But now, let me say it, start it again. But now you also put off all these, what? Put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Now, wait a minute. He just talked about how that they used to be. And now we're God's child. Do you understand this? That we as God's child can have those things in our life. Safe people can live like lost people sometimes. You say, well, then that's all right. No way is it all right. That's what I'm talking about tonight. There's a battle. There's a fight going on. There's the old nature and the new nature that battles all the time for our life. I think, you know, when we, you say, preacher, where did we ever get that old nature? We got it in, when, from Adam. And it comes at the time of the physical birth. I thank the Lord for the little babies downstairs. All the little kids in the junior church right now. And I think, man, how sweet they are. But you know what they all have? An old nature. We'll never have to teach them how to do wrong. They'll figure it out. Old nature. Never sat down with my kids and said, all right, Mark, this is how you smart off. But I sure sat them down to tell them how not to smart off. There were five points to it. Amen. You say, man, you scared them. I hope so. You see, there's that old nature. 
And I look and I think of all those sweet little babies down there and they just, I mean, just, just, just as sweet as can be and love them and, and everything. But what happens, we, we need to understand, they have an old nature. And one of these days they can get saved, but they're still going to have the old nature. And a battle will be going on in their lives. We live in this flesh even after we get saved. Boy, wouldn't it be great if we got saved and the old flesh dropped away and we got that new body? I'm like, Lord, why not now? Because you know one of these days we're going to get a new body. Wouldn't it be something? I mean, a new body that will never get sick, it will never sin. (laughs) My wife was away. There was no one to say this to me. You know, you shouldn't eat that. And what I'd do, I'd look at that, chocolate-covered peanuts. Why in the world she left them there, I don't know. I looked at those, and I thought, you know, if I don't eat them, they're going to go rotten. And there's kids in China starving. And you know what I'd do? I'd get that baggie open up, and I'd pull out there, and I'd put one, and you know you can't eat just one. And I'd eat a few more, and I'm thinking, all right, I can't eat them all because she's coming home. But I'd eat some of those. And you know what I'd do? I'd get done there, and I'd go take a glass of water. I should have washed it down with Diet Pepsi. That takes it all away. But uh, I took some water, drank some water down, and I walked out of that kitchen. You know what I said? Nobody's home. I was talking to myself. You know, it wasn't too bad when you talk to yourself. It's when you start answering yourself you got a problem. And I, I, I walked out of the kitchen, and I thought, why did you do that? And then the one part of me said, because it's so good. And the other part said, but what about your sugar? And the old nature said, but who cares? You save, die, and go to heaven. You say, man, I'm glad I wasn't at your house. It was a battle going on. But you ever done something and said, why did I do that? Or said, I wish I hadn't. Why did I eat that? Why did I do that? Why did I say that? There's a problem with this old fleshly body. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 15, 15, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit, corrupt, inherit incorruption. And so one of these days we're going to get a new body. Praise the Lord. We'll get a body there that will be perfect. There'll be nothing wrong with it. It's like what I was starting to say a little earlier there. Wouldn't it be something that God, when we got saved, the Lord said, you know what, you're going to get a new body. We could say, could I have it right now? But we in this life live with the old nature and the new nature, and there's a battle going on. But for us to go to heaven, something's got to give, and what's got to give is that old nature. That's why God's going to give us a new body. Amen. Won't live in this old flesh. This robe of flesh shall drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. I love that song. Some people today believe you can eradicate the old nature. They They think you can do it at salvation, and you can't. We look in the Word of God and we'll see that there's people talk about the sin there. The Apostle Paul knew that he sinned even though he was saved. Some people believe you can eradicate the, the old nature by a special work of grace. But the problem is the Bible kind of messes up their teaching. Look at 1 John with me, please. Turn there. Keep your place in Colossians. We'll go back there again. 1 John, chapter number 1, verse number 8. And we'll go into chapter number 2 also. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. 
Oh, but listen to this. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. His word is not in us. Down verse 1, chapter 2. My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, now wait a minute, who's he writing to? My little children. Who are the little children? Those are saved people. He said, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he's the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. When you think about it tonight, that uh, when we say we do not sin, we make God a liar because God says we do sin. But what I'm thinking, what God's showing us here is that every, every one of us need to understand this. There's a war, there's a battle going on. And we've got to understand there is the, uh, I, I guess I can kind of put it this way, there is the possibility of sin in our lives. It is, is possible for us to sin and do some really bad things. I know we all look like good, good, wonderful Christians, but the thing is we still have the old nature. Men, you, I mean, thank God, I believe we've got good men of God in here, but there's an old nature that lives within you too. We've got some sweet ladies in this church here. Thank God for all you ladies, but you have an old nature. We have some wonderful children in our, in our, in our church here tonight, and, 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 but they've got, a, they've got an old nature. We all do. The preacher does. We all have that old nature. And, 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 and we've got to understand there's a battle going. You know, when we don't fight, when we become pacifists, we get walked all over. And I think that's why we have a lot of trouble today with China and Russia. Because America is being seen with our present we have now as weak, not willing to fight. You know, I think China ought to be shaking in their boots when we say, don't do that. I think Russia ought to shake in their boots. But you know, you know what our problem is? We say, well, you know what, we just don't want to, we don't want to confront them. We don't want to cause any problems. And you know what they'll do? They'll walk all over us. They're already infiltrating America by many different ways. Look at, the, look at the way they've got into the minds of our young people. Amen. Sin is a possibility. And he's writing there, there, as we read there in 1 John, to, to the Christians there. And so the new man or the spiritual man, as we look back to ch- chapter number 3 of Colossians, go with me to verse number 10. And the Bible says, and have put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well, who created us? God did. We're created in him now when we got saved. We got a new nature at that moment of salvation. Again, we were born the first time with an old nature. Now we've been born again. We have a new nature. I remember years ago, the little cartoons, some of you older folks may remember these. The old cartoons where it was a Popeye or maybe some of the others and they'd be standing there and all of a sudden there'd be a little angel on one shoulder and a little devil on the other shoulder. And he'd whisper into their ears. You know, you know what that was? That was really what the Bible's talking about. But it's not a cartoon what we're talking about. There's an old nature whispers in your ear and there's a new nature too. I mean, how many times things we know we ought to do and we don't do it and yet how many times we do things we know we shouldn't do and we do it? That old nature... But that new nature comes at the new birth. And I've got good news for you. It remains for eternity. Once saved, always saved. A lot of people tell you, laugh about that. So, man, you, you're one of those once saved, always saved people. Easy believism. But yes, sir, I am. I believe it's easy to get saved. And I believe once you get saved, you're saved forever. I'm his child. My kids, all five of my kids are my kids no matter what they do. 
I may have to beat the tar out of them sometimes, but I'll, I'll tell you this. They're still my child. They, they may do something I'm not happy about, but they're still my child. Nothing changes the fact that they're my child. And when you got saved, nothing changes the fact that you're saved. Devil comes along and says, oh, but you know what? And they'll say this. Well, since you're saved and, 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 and uh, uh, you can't lose that salvation, why not just go and live it up and do all those bad things? Well, you know what? Our Father chastens us. And he can catch us. You heard me say, I thought one day I could run for my dad, did something. I can't remember what I did wrong, but I did something wrong. I know that surprises you. But I did something wrong, and my dad said, come here, and I ran. And I ran down the street there, the sidewalk, through the grass there and on the houses. And I ran down one yard, second yard, third yard. The fourth yard was the corner. And I got to that fourth yard, and I, I never, never heard him. I, I just kept on running. And about the time I got to that corner lot, all of a sudden a big hand reached down and grabbed my shoulder and swung me around, and there was my dad. I didn't know old men could run so fast. He caught me. He turned me around, and he didn't say a word, but he knew sign language. <laughs> and he took his hand, and he just spanked me all the way home. You say, what a mean dad. I never ran from him again. Never did. You can't run from God. Yeah, I could smart off to my dad, but I paid a price for it. And I believe this, if smarted off again, I'd have paid a price again. God chastens his children. He said, I'm saved, I can do whatever I want to. Well, you can do whatever you want to because you've got an old nature. And if you listen to the old nature, but you know what happens? God will chasten you. And you're not going to like his chastening. But you know what happened? The Lord gave us somebody to help us, and that somebody's the Holy Spirit. And he's there to guide us. 1 Corinthians 3.16, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We got saved. The Holy Spirit lives within us. You know, I've been, I've been around folks before where <laughs> it's embarrassing to say it for them, but I've walked up on people, man, they're just cussing up a storm. And I walked up, and, I'm, and right away I know they're going to be so embarrassed. I walk up, and I go, hey, how you doing? And I turn around and look, and, I go, and their face is red. And you know, it's almost like you're looking at them going, I've got to get that word back. I've got to bring that back. And you can't. It's already been said. You know, they're so embarrassed because the preacher's there. I've had people hide their cigarettes. I've had people stop their cussing. I've had people do all kinds of things because the preacher was there. Do you realize the Holy Spirit lives there all the time? And the Holy Spirit doesn't have an old nature. But he's there to guide us, Romans 8 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You say, well, maybe the Holy Spirit doesn't live within me. Then you're not saved. But if you're saved, the Holy Spirit lives within you. You say, but it doesn't seem like he's there. If you're really saved, he is there. But I believe this, sometimes you don't even notice him there anymore because you've ignored him so much. There's a conflict. There's the reality of sin. We read partial listing of it in verse number 5 there of Colossians. Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Man, those are bad things. And he said, mortify yourself. And we need to understand that these are possible sins because of the depravity that we, that we have as a, of an old nature. There's the reality of sin. There's the possibility of sin. 
the will of God is to sin not, but the possibility is there. And I hate to say this, but the probability is there. The flesh is not an excuse for the way we are. Sometimes we like to say, well, preacher, you said we live in the flesh. We, are the, we have the flesh. We have the old nature, but it's not an excuse. For our Lord, Lord told us there, he said, watch and pray. And she enter not in temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is, do you remember what it says? Weak. This old flesh is weak. That's why we need to make sure we don't get, in our, get ourselves into a position where it's easy to sin. That's why we have to have some standards, and the world may not understand it, but that's all right. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 1, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. 1 John 1, 9, If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But there's a battle going on in our lives, and it's a, here's the thing, it's a forever battle. It's going to keep on until we go to heaven. You say, preacher, I'm doing pretty good. You know what? Be careful because when you think you're doing so good, the devil's going to trip you up. Pride comes for what? A fall and destruction. Yep, sure will. The only way we're going to get out of it is when we drop this robe of flesh. And the only time that's going to happen is when the Lord comes back again. James 4, 1 says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? Second Peter 2, 11 says, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. There's a war that's raging. There's a war that's raging. We look today and we say, man, look at it. I mean, think about it. You could, you could look at some of the pictures of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, the Ukraine. Devastation. What brought that devastation? War. You know, it destroys our life, a war that's going on that we don't put our foot down and say, we're going to win, you stay down. You know, in wars, and I think we see it in Ukraine, then all of a sudden what happens, the, the, the Russians came in, and, and, and those, those, those folks in the Ukraine just, I mean, they, they really fought really hard, but they, were, they had a hard time holding them back. And then finally, when they began to get the, 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 the ammunition and, and the, the, the things that they needed, then they began to stop that. But you look at all the destruction from war. And ladies and gentlemen, we're on the winning team, but we need to get busy to start right at the beginning when the invasion comes and keep it from happening. Amen. Or to mortify our members, that means to put to death that what has, what has to die in our members. The death of self and the death of flesh. In other words, it can't be all about you and me. It needs to be about him. Amen. And he said in verse number eight, but now you also put off all these. Now he's talking again in Christians here. He said, put these things off. Get these things out of your life. What will you put off? Anger. You say, well, you know, I know. The Bible says be angry and sin not. Sometimes I think we have the idea it's all right then for us to be angry all the time. No. Wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Hey, who, who, who are we talking about? Put, yeah, Christians here. He said, put these things off. 
Put them off. Put them out of your life. That's, that's what the battle part is all about. He said in verse 9, Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. We're going, to get, we're going to clean ourselves up here by putting these things off and put on the new man. And then verse 15 and 16, it says here, go on down to that. I know we haven't read it yet, but look at what it says. And let, now here, here's something I want you to notice. I want you to notice the word let. He says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. Now, if he says, let the peace of God rule in our hearts, that tells me this that I could possibly not let it happen. In other words, I need to make a decision to let the peace of God rule in my heart. Say, well, we'll just see what's going to happen. No, you let that happen. Look at verse number 16. There's the word let again. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So we need to let the peace of God rule in our hearts, and we need the words of Christ to dwell in us. What is this? This is the ammunition, if you will. This is what that gives, that's able to help set up the parameters there that Satan will not have victory in our lives in the battle that we are all fighting in. Sometimes people say, well, my life is such a mess. Who let it get that way? You did. Well, we really play the blame game today, don't we? I, I, I like that, that sheriff down in Florida I heard this week. You know, those young, those, these, those three, three young people killed a bunch of other young people, three, four other young people. And they were all in a mess. They were all like trying to be a gang and wannabes, and I guess the way you say. But, I mean, just killed all these kids, just left them. They, they'd been on, out, out there just doing all kinds of wicked things and stealing and hijacking cars and uh, just all kinds of cruelty they were doing. And I listened to the, the sheriff, and he said this. He says, I'm not the smartest man in the world. He said, but I believe the problem is we've not held our young people to accountability. We've not made them accountable. You know, we, we, we've done such a thing today. You know, so, well, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to tell them what to do. Kids need to be told what to do. Remember the other week we were talking about teach these things to your children diligently? That means tell them what to do. Train up a child in the way he should go. That's telling them what to do. We're in the position we are today is because we let them make up their own minds. They have an old nature. What do you expect to happen then? How is it we have these males dressing up like females? They said today in California... They had, they had over a thousand participants of, of, of these drag queens in a parade. If there's a thousand in a parade, you can imagine there's thousands standing alongside the parade. I'm like, what is going on? That's an old nature. And you know what? They don't see anything wrong with that. I think one of the big problems we have in America today is we've not been held accountable for what we do. Don't you hear all the time about these DAs that when someone does something wrong, they go in there and say, all right, go on, get out of here. We're not going to put you in jail. They're not held accountable, and what they do, they repeat. God holds us accountable. He holds us accountable. He says, put off these things. Then he tells us to put on 
the new man in verse 10 and put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him well who created us God did he says he says put on then there's the results of the war and that's carnality and sinfulness and what it does it brings this it brings failure may I say this sin will never come out all right sin will never come out all right there's always always a price so many times people they just do their own thing I watched it I've watched it for years people mess up their lives and then this is what they say now listen to what I said first people mess up their lives people mess up their lives and then they say why God the answer was in the first part they messed up their lives they fed the old nature I believe there's some folks in prison today that are really born again. They were born again before they got, before they got in prison. So I don't think saved people could ever do some things. I believe saved people can do just about anything. I look in the Word of God and I look at the immorality with David. David was a saved man. Peter was a saved man, yet he cursed and swore and he denied the Lord. And we would all look at him and say, well, you believe in you? Why would you do that? And he was a saved man and he did it. We can go on and on and on. Like I said, there's people sitting in jail right now that were born again when they did their crime. You say, well, how in the world could they ever do something? They must have never been saved. Can't say that. You know why? They have an old nature. And we sometimes, we're so proud, we think, well, you know, I'm saved. I'd never do anything wrong. Oh, you better watch out. There's an old nature. But I watch people, they destroy their lives and then begin to ask God why it's happened. Now here, let me leave you with this tonight. There's no reason we cannot live a victorious Christian life. I'll be honest with you. I'd rather win than lose. So, well, you know, you need to be a good loser, said a loser. Right? I don't like to lose. Victory is sweet. What, is, what was that, the, that sports program? And the agony of, what was the first part? The thrill of victory. There we go. The thrill of victory. And it is, isn't it? Reggie, you coached basketball for a long time. And baseball too, didn't you? And and, and tiddlywinks and a few other things like that. Checkers. And, uh, but uh, he, he, he did the sports. But wasn't it always so much better when you won? Did you ever go in a locker room and said, guys, we lost. Good job. I've known Reggie a long time. I'm guaranteeing he never said that. How sweet is victory? I mean, if it's checkers. I mean, no matter what, a victory is, is sweet. And you know, there can be victory in Jesus. If we tame down that old nature and we feed the new nature. But when we live a carnal life, it doesn't turn out good. I believe there's a lot of saved people that are going to go to heaven, but they're going to have a rough ride getting there. <laughs> rough ride getting there. I didn't say they're not going to make it. If you're saved, you're saved. But God's child that's not right with God is going to have a miserable life. That's why you find some folks go, I know I'm saved, but I'll tell you what, I just don't know. This Christian life, it's terrible. Do you know why? They're backslidden. They've been feeding that old nature, and they're just miserable. 
You know, I just wish sometimes you could shake folks and say, if you just would let the Lord have his will and way, you would find joy and happiness and victory. The fact of the matter is, a a saved person can live a defeated life, but he doesn't have to. And I think, you know what, even folks that are living that defeated life, they're saved, they really don't want to live that defeated life. But they haven't got enough sense. Get in a church where they get some preaching, and get in their Bible, they get some learning, and find out that they could have victory in Jesus too. But you can't feed the old nature. We can live in victory if we live for the new nature. But to be able to do that, we've got to stay in the fight. When I was a young man, I, I had, uh, when I was assistant pastor, preacher one day said, I'm tired of fighting. It was a day when we said we were fighting fundamentalists. And he said, you know what? I don't want to be that anymore. I don't want to fight. Let me tell you something. It's over when you just quit fighting. And Christians, let me tell you something. The fight is not between us in this room. The real fight is this. Old nature and new nature. And we've got to be willing to fight till Jesus comes. Billy Sunday used to say, I like to punch the devil, and I'm going to punch him as long as I can until my hands don't, I can't punch with my hands anymore and my hands fall off. He said, I'll kick the devil, and I'll kick him as long as I have feet to kick him. He said, my feet fall off, I'm going to bite the devil. And he says, I'll bite the devil as long as I have teeth. And then he said, if my teeth fall out, I'm going to gum them till I die. That's the attitude. The fight's on. Oh, Christian soldiers, we can't victory. We've got to fight the battle. We must stay in the fight or the flesh will run all over us. Victory in Jesus, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for this time tonight. Thank you for the dear folks here this evening. Lord, bless and help us. Help us stay in the fight. I pray, Father, that there be something in our lives that ought not be there tonight that we just get it taken care of. We'd understand it's wrong and just, Lord, forgive us and cleanse us of it and help us to do what's right. Maybe some things need to be given up in our lives. Maybe some changes need to be made. And Father, you know what needs to be done, and I pray we'll be willing to do it this evening. But, Lord, if we just wait, it may be too late later on, and we'll suffer the consequences of it. Lord, in our lives as a saved person, we still the ability to do awful things. Help us be careful. May we feed the new nature with our heads bowed our eyes closed maybe here tonight you're not saved you all you have is the old nature you say i'll turn over a new leaf but you'll still have the old nature that's all you'll have no one ever got the new nature by turning over a new leaf no one got the new nature by by being good by joining a church or getting baptized the only way you get the new nature is be born again tonight if you're not sure you're saved you come and let us know we'll show you in the bible how to be saved christian tonight Oh, you say, preacher, I know that I'm saved, but understand that in that, that old flesh, it could end up doing some of the most awful things. You could destroy your marriage someday because of that old flesh. You can destroy your family. You can break your mom and dad's heart, young folks, if you're not careful because of that old flesh. Stay in the fight and find out the wonderful victory in Jesus. Father, bless the invitation time now. I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.